Welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm Paige. And this is Dark Adaptation. Welcome, everyone, to episode 32, right, Dyson? 32. <laughs> I've had to ask that question a hundred times. Is it episode 32? Yeah, it is. It is, right? We've done so many of them now. And like, it's hard to keep track. I'm just like, okay, yeah, 32 sounds right, but um, I gotta double check. <laughs> it's episode 32. I, if you're like me, everyone, you've been impatiently awaiting the return of Paige <laughs> who does her cryptids and folklore. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you have decided to return. I'm happy to be here. I had so much fun when you came on and did Puckwidgees. I had a lot of fun too. It was awesome. Your research was chef's kiss. Thank you. It was awesome. It was so fun. I learned so much and I'm just really excited that you came back to talk about... Mothman. Mothman! Yes! I'm very excited for you to tell me and everyone listening about Mothman. Like, I can't even articulate how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to tell you because going into this, I didn't know too much about Mothman. And you are here to tell us all about Mothman now. Mm-hmm. I've, we... I've educated myself. I've read a lot of books. I've uh, done the research and I'm ready to share my knowledge with uh, everyone else here. I can't wait for you to tell us all about Mothman right after this little promo. Hi, fans of Dark Adaptation. Allow us to introduce ourselves. I'm Beth. And I'm Bailey. And we, we are True, True Crime b and We do a podcast every week. We release on Fridays. And every week we'll bring to you two different true crime stories. First we'll bring you a disturbing story. And then one that will hopefully uplift your spirits a little bit. We'd love to have you listen to our <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so join us every week on Friday. Find us anywhere you find your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, I don't know anywhere else. <laughs> and also you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at True Crime BNB. Did we even mention that we're mom and daughter? No. Okay. <laughs> I hope you join our crime family. Bye. Bye. So Paige. Brianna. Why did you choose Mothman? Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> I guess someone just uh, a rando off the street must have suggested it, and I just rolled with it. It wasn't like, oh, someone at the end of Puckwidgee was like, Paige, I have a suggestion, and it's what you're going to do. <laughs> Paige, you're doing Mothman. Okay, that's fine. I'll do Mothman. That's what I love, though. I was like, hey, I have a suggestion for you, and um, I hope you roll with it. And you're like, oh, you want to hear about Mothman? <laughs> okay, buckle up. Here's my suggestion for you. Next episode I do... A surprise. No one knows about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll surprise you, every, everyone oh, here. I actually love that idea. Yeah? Because even though it's like, okay, at the end of each month, I'm like, here's the schedule for the following month, whatever. I can just be like, I don't know, Paige Presents, Cryptids and Folklore, okay? Tune in to find out which one, and yeah. I won't even know. No, and I'll surprise you with it. I love that idea. Yeah? Because I always know, because I'm the one who's doing the research. <laughs> well, yeah, you suggested the first two, so yeah. now you can't know anymore. 
Hey, third time's a charm, right? You can suggest, but I'll take it into account. Yeah. I'll surprise you next time. Oh, I love that idea. Okay, cool. We'll do it. Oh, and I think that the next time that you'll be on, it'll be like October. So it will be like spooky season. Spooky Halloween season. And I have like some ideas for uh, um, October and like Halloween and stuff. So it'll be fun. Having you on there, you can, that's at least something for you to work with. Okay, cool. Do you have a suggestion that you would like to put into the suggestion box? Well, I mean, for real, like, I just really love puck wedgies and, like, Mothman. And I was like, I really want to hear about them. Well, you're going to. You're going to have those fulfilled. Oh, like, what else did I really want? Like, if it comes to cryptids, like, I am really interested in in those, like, classic, like, creepy things that people have like eyewitness sightings of and whatever like bigfoot or mm-hmm. loch ness monster and stuff like that but i my suggestion would be that it's something very interesting and creepy that i probably have never heard of okay that's what my suggestion is i don't have anything specific though okay i will i'll take that into account i'll see what i can kind of come up with mm-hmm. and uh and then i'll surprise you and everyone else here uh with hell the yeah Hell okay. yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Dyson's excited. He loves some spooky shit. And surprises. <laughs> He's just creeping around, lingering in the background. Evil dies tonight. No. Evil dies tonight. Dyson. Not from what I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> oh, good segue, Paige. What are you going to tell us about? Let's go, Paige. Moth I'm turning man. it over. Mothman. <laughs> We're talking about Mothman today. I'm so fucking excited. Oh, my God. So what do you know about Mothman? Okay. Let's get into it. What I know about Mothman is basically that uh, I've always loved this movie called The Mothman Prophecies. Um, It's like a Richard Gere movie. I love it. I've watched that movie a hundred times. I've made Dyson watch it. Um, What else I know about Mothman is basically what the plot line of that movie is about. So like... Silver Bridge incident and that it's in Point Pleasant in West Virginia. And the other thing I know about Mothman is that it's believed that people have seen him and have like eyewitness accounts of him before some sort of like tragedy or um, like bad event. So it's believed that maybe he's trying to warn people about it. Or she, they, Mothman, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, yeah, who knows? (laughs) So that's what I really know about Mothman. Okay, it's it's a good starting point for it. Um, And, you know, I've never seen the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, Mm -hmm. but I did read the book. And my... I had no idea that it was a book. When yes. we were talking about it earlier, you were like, yeah, so the book written by, like, whoever. And I was like, wait, what? It's a book? I thought mm-hmm. it was only a movie. No, and we'll we'll get into it a little bit. Um, but the first place that we're going to kind of start uh, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, um, there is something known as the Curse of Cornstalk. Okay, so this is kind of like a callback to our, our haunting places in West Virginia. Yeah. Chief Cornstalk. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a rumored legend in uh, Point Pleasant uh, that this and the surrounding area known as the Curse of Cornstalk. Um, and it is said that uh, an indigenous Shawnee leader, Chief Cornstalk, led his people in the Battle of Point Pleasant against colonial troops in 1774. 
Um, and so after that, the settlers who lived near their fort pretended to be friends with the Shawnee people. Oof. But in 1777, they ultimately betrayed and killed Chief <gasps> Cornstalk and his sons. Oh, Cornstalk. Yes, unfortunately. And the legend is that with his dying breath, Cornstalk cursed his killers, their descendants, and the town where his blood was spilled for over 200 years. Ooh. Ooh. And I'd liked it to kind of be known, like, you know, 200 years would bring us to 1977. Oh, man. Wasn't the intensity of Mothman in... The 60s. It was in, like, 67, right? Late 60s, yeah. Late 60s, okay. Ooh. Yeah. So you're like, it's like leading up to it. It's it like, is. You yeah. know what? 200 years, let's go. This is like the precursor. Okay, let's go, Point Pleasant. Yeah. And so with the Mothman prophecies written by John A. Keel, it was published in 1975. Okay. So uh, John Keel is a journalist, author, researcher, and paranormal investigator who traveled to Point Pleasant on December 7th, 1966. I just want to say all of that sounds like a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be all over that, but I'd be too scared to go into the actual creepy and haunted places. Okay, you can do the, like, I'll make you do, like, the authoring and writing and journalism, okay. and I'll do the paranormal investigating. Okay, cool. Okay, we'll be a tag team. <laughs> I'll be I'll be your, like, guy in the chair. I'll be sitting, yeah. watching. You've got the camera on your lapel, and you're walking in. I'll go and... into the eye of the storm. Yeah, and then you see <laughs> Mothman in a corner. <gasps> your dream come true. Mothman? Oh, my God. I love you so much, Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The Mothman Prophecies, this book contains paranormal and unusual activity in the West Virginia area throughout the late 60s, 1960s, and uh, it details recounts of Mothman, UFO sightings, and men in black hidden in unmarked panel trucks, as well as personal accounts of them taking pictures and asking weird questions. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Who yeah. knew the aliens would come into it too? Yeah, there was a lot. Um, again, like same with the Pukwudgies, like I just could not fit all of the information in here. This book was uh, very detailed, had a lot of recounts and reports, mm -hmm. um, and I just pulled out the the main ones that we could get through. Um, but if anyone wants to read it, it's uh, it's a good read, and um, and it's from John's perspective, and he interviews a whole bunch of people and talks about a lot of stuff. So. Cool. It goes on uh, further to say, uh, like talking to about witnesses, spotting weird lights in the sky, uh, disembodied voices, uh, telephones with heavy breathing or no dial tone. No. And uh, John even writes about receiving weird phone calls from mysterious people as well. That's in the movie. There's these scenes with Richard Gere and stuff taking phone calls and they're so ominous and mm -hmm. oh, like those are like, that's like some of the creepiest parts of that movie is these weird phone calls. Yeah, yeah. And there is uh, quite a few talks about that. Um, and then we're also kind of going to fo focus on uh, Mary Heyer. Okay. And um, who was born in uh, 1915. And she was a reporter at the Athens Messenger, an Ohio newspaper across the Silver Bridge. Mm -hmm. um, so and she became friends with John Keel when he visited in 1966. Um, and she was one of the main reporters in the area and documented the sightings of Mothman and unusual paranormal activity. Oh, so they were like a perfect duo then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, John in the book even talks about uh, not really liking Mary when he first <laughs> met her because he was scared that she was like uh, like a busybody, like nosy and stuff. But they actually became very good friends. So, 
Also, like, yeah, she's gonna be nosy and a busybody. She's, she's literally reporting on stuff that's happening in this town. Yeah, yeah. she's gonna be nosy. Yeah. It's it's part of it. Come so, on. <laughs> I know why she's gonna be at everyone's house. And it's a small community, too. I was gonna say, I don't think so, it's that big, really. No, it wasn't. So everyone knew everyone else and, you know. Also, is it the whole, if you're gonna go into, an, into somebody's town, you're an outsider, you're going to visit this town to do your research or writing, whatever, wouldn't you want the busybody nosy person right they know everything it's like you literally are going to have the most perspective here let's go lady let's do this yeah and if anyone's a busybody at this point it's probably john he's coming in unannounced <laughs> just by himself and he's like inserting Jeez, himself in here john read the room <laughs> <laughs> okay so um we're gonna kind of start with um Previous reported sightings, previous to um, the main sighting that most people probably know about. Okay. So on November 12th, 1966, uh, three days before the main incident, um, in uh, Clendon, Clendonin, West Virginia, um, five grave diggers claimed to have seen a man with wings gliding over their heads. Oh. Eyewitness and grave digger uh, Kenneth Duncan said that the creature was gliding above the trees and was in sight of the grave diggers for about a minute. And they described it as a human-like creature and covered in dark scales. Ew. Yeah, massive. Big. Like, no, digging a grave is already creepy enough. Isn't You're it? out there like, for fuck's sakes, like, I'm literally in the dark being a grave digger. And then you have to see... A mysterious man-shaped scaly thing flying above you and like a pretty long sighting of it yeah like, a full minute of it a minute is a long time like it imagine is. we just stopped right now and sat here for a minute that would be it too would be long. so long yeah Ew. and i'm sure as a grave digger they've seen a lot of weird shit i would actually that would be fascinating It'd actually be really cool to interview someone yeah to sit down and be like so you were a grave digger in the 60s <laughs> <laughs> what huh? would you see come on <laughs> Um, and then we're also going to look at, uh, so November 14th, 1966. So two days later, there was a sighting in Salem, West Virginia. And um, according to Noelle Partridge's story, at about 10.30 p.m., the TV suddenly blacked out, making a loud whining noise, uh, rising and falling in pitch. Oh. And his German shepherd bandit was sitting outside on the porch <gasps> and started howling. That, and I think that's in the movie. Is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Noel went outside with a flashlight and shined it in the direction that Bandit was looking and saw two large red eyes about 150 yards away. Absolutely not. Terrifying. I mean, immediately, no. Yes. Um, Bandit bolted into the woods, chasing after the two glowing red circles. <gasps> no, Bandit! And um, Noel was overcome by a cold chill of fear, uh, which stopped him from chasing after Bandit. And he just went inside and slept with a loaded gun next to his bed. I have heard that actually about if there's a sighting of Mothman, this, this cold chill that comes over people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard that a few times. So that's really creepy. It is. And uh, so the next morning he went out looking for Bandit, but only found uh, dog tracks of him running from the porch. And the location where he saw the eyes, but was never able to find Bandit, as there was no other tracks leading anywhere. He just vanished. And he remained vanished? Yeah, he never found him again. No! I Bandit! Know. No one ever wants anything to happen to the dog. No. Ever. No. That's sacrilegious. Kids, expendable. The dog, no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the child. Oh, that oh, sucks. But not the dog! The dog! <laughs> not the dog! <laughs> 
that's really creepy though yeah yeah that I, it's heartbreaking your dog just goes missing your dog is like your child yeah also the when you were mentioning that encounter like uh experience whatever okay that was weird our audio just like paused but then was like trying to loop a random like second or two of audio or whatever just happened yeah that was weird that was bizarre and dyson just played it back and it that was creepy like of all times for this to happen it would be when we're talking about mothman and these creepy little interferences and literally just happened out of nowhere so um i believe what i was trying to say before that happened was it's weird that this guy's having this experience with this tv like cutting out and making these weird like sounds i think you said Mm -hmm. and the phone calls people were receiving are almost a very similar sort of sound and experience so i think that's all i was going to say but maybe i'm off pace because of the little (laughs) troubleshooting we just had to do (laughs) yeah well i mean i'm like they carry an energy about them right and people can sense the fear and they can sense something otherworldly uh is in is in their presence so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it messed with all the technologies Mm -hmm. around them at the time too also like poor bandit (laughs) and poor bandit yes um so we'll really get into point pleasant at the moment um, so this is the location of the most uh, famous encounter of Mothman. Mm-hmm. So before World War II, there was an area known as the McClintic Wildlife Station, an animal preserve and bird sanctuary. Cool. And so it, ocupi- it occupied about 3,655 acres of land. Um, it had about 600 acres of farmland, 180 acres of wetlands, 1,100 acres of brushlands, 1,775 acres of forest and 31 ponds. This is huge. It was a massive area. Holy. This area, the the 3,655 acres is about 2,764 football fields (laughs) uh, with end zones or... 33,875 NBA basketball courts. Holy shit. It's a big area. Wow. And it was ripped up and a $45 million power plant was built in employing 3,500 people in the area and it was in operation from 1942 to 1945. Okay, so they destroyed this entire beautiful sanctuary for, what, three years of running time? Yeah, for the war. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, it was known as the TNT area and it made all the explosives used in the atomic bomb. Oh, ooh, that's kind of intense, actually. Yeah. Um, people from the town were employed at the facility and they were loaded onto buses with blacked out windows so you couldn't see anything on the way in uh, or out of the faci- facility. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Was it just people from Point Pleasant or was it from people like literally all over that part of West I, Virginia? I think it was in that area of oh. West Virginia, yeah. That's um, intense. Yeah, they literally went straight to their jobs and then straight back onto the bus to go home. Um, and the day that they dropped the bomb on Hiroshima is the day they closed the plant. Really? Yeah. Oh, geez. Didn't uh, need it anymore. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh, okay. So you obviously um, had an agenda and you accomplished it. Yeah. And you knew you were shutting down. The land was divided between Mason County, Trojan U.S. Powder Company, LFC Chemical Company, and American Cyanamid. All right. 
Um, and then uh, there was even an archery range and a picnic area oh. uh, built in. And it was known as like the hangout area with uh, the woods providing cover for lovers. And Oh, yeah. every old timey story has to have a lover's lane. Lover's lane and a, obviously a long dirt road used for drag racing by um, uh, local teens. Uh, duh. I mean, it's it's a classic. 1960s. Is this the 60s or not? <laughs> Definitely. The drag 60s. racing and lover's lane. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then also in that area, there are about a hundred igloos or bunkers, um, which are still currently scattered around uh, the TNT area. And these are large concrete domes covered in dirt and grass to make them unnoticeable from the air. And they were used to storage facilities for finished explosives. Oh, cool. And then, um, over the years, a few homes have been built in between the igloos. Interesting, but they still sit there. Yeah, they're still there today. Wow. Yeah, some of them have uh, had the the grass and the dirt um, blown off of it, and it's mm-hmm. just white concrete uh, circles. But uh, a lot of them still have the the dirt and the the grass on top. That reminds me of our um, episode seventeen, I believe, when we did the Montauk project in Camp Hero. Okay, yeah. And how they had this little um, in Montauk, this essentially base for the war but it was disguised as a fishing village so overhead when you looked down on it it just looked like a typical like coastal fishing town Mm -hmm. but it was like this whole ass military base and that's exactly what they did here that's so cool hide it in plain sight right Mm -hmm. yeah so we're gonna move on to uh november 15th 1966 six to six so at 11 30 p.m roger who was about 18 and linda scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet would be the first to encounter with Mothman. Oh my God! So this is the main event. We are at the main event. Yeah, the main We've event. We've made it. So the story goes that Roger, um, the owner of the '57 Chevy that they were driving in, were driving along State Route 62, and when they neared the TNT area, um, the abandoned National Guard Armory and power plant, uh, when they came p- upon uh, it standing in the middle of the road. Oh. Yeah. Um, it, uh, a sketch was created from eyewitnesses Roger and uh, verified by the others, and it looked like a humanoid creature with a body of a human man standing about six to seven feet tall. No. With a 10 to 12 foot wingspan protruding from <sighs> the back of the shoulder um, and lay folded against its back. It had two large antenna attached to a small and indistinguishable face. Ew. Um... And a short head with no neck and compound bright red eyes, about two inches in diameter and about six inches apart. That's the creepiest thing ever, that there's like essentially an NBA player standing in front of you with a 12-foot wingspan. And the fact that it's standing there, like ready to go, like with its wings out. And no neck. And no neck and an indistinguishable face. And giant red eyes. Ew. Yeah, that's terrifying. It is. Um, according to Keel on uh, page 60 of the Mothman prophecies, Roger recalls that the eyes, quote, they were hypnotic. For a minute, we could only stare at it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it, end quote. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was, it's the middle of the night and you just see these weird eyes. You would kind of just be like drawn in like a moth to the flame. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Uh, so John continues to write, quote, it was grayish in color and walked on sturdy man-like legs. It turned oh. slowly and shuffled towards the door of the generator plant, which was ajar and hanging off its hinges. Let's get out of here, Steve yelled. 
Roger stepped on the gas and they shot through the gates, spun onto the exit road, and headed for Route 62. Suddenly, they saw it, or another one like it, standing on a small hill near the road. As they hurtled past it, it spread its bat-like wings and took off straight up into the air. My God, it's following us, the couple in the back seat cried. Roger swung the 62 on two wheels. We were doing 100 miles an hour, Roger said, and that bird kept right up with us. It wasn't even flapping its wings. I could hear it making a sound, Mrs. Mallet added. It squeaked like a big mouse. It followed us right to the city limits, Roger went on. Funny thing, we noticed a dead dog by the side of the road there. A big dog. But we, but, but when we came back a few minutes later, the dog was gone. Oh. Panic-stricken, the red eyes still burning in their minds, they went directly to the Mason County Courthouse, charged into the sheriff's office, and blurted out their story to the deputy Millard Helstead. End quote. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, it says a lot that they were so taken back by what they saw and they were calling it a bird. Yeah. Which is lots of references to it being a bird of some type. And like, I don't know that to me, that just adds like so much credibility to it of like, well, like what the fuck else would be flying with right there with us? Like, of course it was a bird. Yeah. But also what the fuck kind of bird? Cause we're going a hundred miles an hour and it's keeping pace. Yeah. And it's huge. It's six to seven feet tall. And it's creepy to me that it's like potentially like, in this like old power plant but then they see it somewhere else like so quickly and so it sounds like there's more than one it in that quote for sure yeah but then also like why was moth made in the power plant it's creeping me out (laughs) it's it's definitely creepy um by the time the group reached the sheriff's office it was around 2 a.m uh but officers couldn't find any evidence or sightings of the creature when they headed back out to the tnt area or the dog no, they actually, the dog was missing as well. I hope it wasn't Bandit. I hope so too, but that was only four days before, so. Oh, Bandit. Yeah. Um, Damn and, it. Uh, so they said they were going uh, 100 miles an hour, so that's 160 kilometers an hour. I was actually going to say, like, that's fucking fast. Yeah, it was very fast. And uh, there were even scratch marks on the top of his car. Oh, Lord. Um, and Roger claims that, quote, if I hadn't seen it uh, while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything, but there were four of us who saw it, end quote. Yeah, you would, because you'd be like, who, first of all, who the fuck's going to believe me? Yeah. Second of all, I really would rather not think about it. But there's obviously evidence. Something scratched the top of his car and four people saw it. Yeah. So you have, you feel more comfortable being like, listen, this sounds insane, but I got three of my homies here with me. (laughs) That's all the same shit. Yeah. Also go check out the hood of my car. They're all terrified. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the deputy and or the sheriff knew these kids and knew that they wouldn't lie for any reason. So he took it with credibility mm-hmm. uh, to their story. So, um, so the next day, the first headline about the creature was debuted in uh, the Point Pleasant Registry, and it was uh, quote couple see man sized bird dot 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 creature dot 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 something end quote. Oh my god! Yeah. So no one knew what it is just yet. Um, but over the next year, a hundred eyewitnesses reported sightings and encounters with Wathman. Whoa. Just in this area? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Woo. Um, so there have been a ton of sightings of Mothman lurking outside people's houses, chasing people in cars, and even stealing pet dogs. Why the hell with the dogs? Mm, Obviously easy targets and something to eat. Mm -hmm. Which is really sad. But I mean, you're saying this guy could be seven feet tall. So yeah. like, obviously he'd need a big meal, but still. But not the dog. Band. 
not bandit, no. So some speculate that Mothman lives in the vacant power plant, possibly within the one of the huge boilers, as there are pigeons in all the other nearby buildings except for that one. Why does that creep me out so much? It just, it gives a testament to other animals understanding how scary that being is. Like, oh shit, that's its territory. We will not fuck Mm -hmm. with that specific one. Bigger predator in the area. And then it's also just creepy because it's already abandoned and Mm -hmm. it, it has this creepy like world war vibe with it and it's already tagged by spray painters and everything like it's i know creepy. plus at this point in the story the war like had been over for just over 20 years mm-hmm. so to imagine something sitting just derelict for 20 years but then this thing just inhabits it is just super creepy yeah something else takes over the area wow um so there are also reports of ufo sightings and as the report as the reports grow in number, there are also mysterious men wearing black suits asking questions about these strange sightings and taking pictures of people who have seen the strange apparitions in Mothman. I'm very intrigued by this because I've never heard like this I don't, part of it. Eh? Yeah, I don't not familiar with this at all. John Keel talks a lot about those people. I'm in his book. Very intrigued. Yeah, um, so thousands of witnesses of UFO sightings reported suffering eye burns and temporary eye damage, even blindness, after viewing strange lights in the night sky. Okay. Um, And now we're going to kind of head to November 16th, so the day after. So on the evening of November 16th, 1966, the next day after the sightings by the Scarberries and the Mallets, Mr. and Mrs. Walmsley and Mrs. Marcella Bennett with her baby daughter, Tina, were headed out to visit a friend who lived among the igloos. Okay. All right. You did say that some Mm -hmm. of the houses were built in between them. Yeah. And one of these uh, people's names was uh, Ralph Thomas's who was a superintendent of the Trojan U.S. operation there at the time. Mm-hmm. And he lived with his wife, Virginia, and their uh, children in one of the bungalows. Okay. Um, it's also said in the uh, in John Keel's book that uh, Virginia was known to kind of have a sixth sense about things. And oh. feels like Mothman had been warning her about other instances before this. Interesting. Yeah. There's a few people that have uh, said something similar in in the Mothman prophecies as well. So that's fascinating. Kind of brings in that hairbringer of doom kind of thing and warning people. Uh, exactly. Yeah. More to a, a forefront and more of a realistic um, thing that happened to actual people. Yeah, I just I didn't even realize that it could be like one like and a connection with one specific person rather than just trying to get the attention of the whole town essentially Mm -hmm. but that's interesting yeah and um upon arriving at the thomas's house they discovered that only three of the children were home ricky connie and vicky so the walmsleys and mrs bennett were headed back to their car when a figure moved in the darkness mrs bennett recalls quote it seemed as if it'd been laying down it rose up slowly from the ground a big gray thing bigger than a man with terrible glowing red eyes end quote I hate that. That is terrifying. I hate that. Lurking around your car. Like, it appears as though he was all lying down. Like, it's so creepy because of the casualness of it. Like, it slowly stood up. Yeah. It's like, oh, whew, I've been waiting, finally. Mm-hmm. You're oh, like, what? My next meal. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Mothman, why are you so creepy? I mean, <laughs> oh, there's a lot. A lot of proof as to why. Like, 
so Keel continues to write, quote, Mrs. Bennett uttered a little cry, so horrified <laughs> she dropped the small baby in her <gasps> arms. God damn it. The child began to cry more insulted than hurt, but her mother couldn't move to pick her up again. She stood transfixed, hypnotized by the blazing red circles on the top of the towering headless creature. Its great wings unfolded slowly behind its back. Raymond Walmsley grabbed the paralyzed woman and the child, and they all ran back into the house, slammed the door, and bolted it. There was a sound on the porch, and the two red eyes peering in through a window. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. <laughs> terrifying. Incredibly. Again, terrifying. Uh, I just want to say, I think it's very interesting that so many of these sightings have more than just one person. Yep, it's multiple people I, a lot of the time think that's very fascinating that it's usually minimum two three people mm -hmm. yeah I, that's really cool yeah the the women and the children became hysterical while walmsley frantically phoned the police it was 9 p.m hundreds of people many of them armed to the teeth were less than a mile away and would not know about the episode until they read about it in the local papers the following morning end quote because people were out hunting for mothman after the scarberries and mm -hmm. the mallets claimed this in the in the newspaper and so they were out looking for it, and here it was, less than a mile away. Oh, and this is November. Yes, so, November 16th, the day after. And it's 9 p.m., so it's fucking pitch black out there. Yeah, it's dark. <sighs> yeah. Blah. And then we're kind of going to get into uh, other reported encounters in the following months. Hell yeah. So the next day after that, November 17th, 1966, a 17-year-old boy was driving along Route 7 when a huge bird dove at his car and followed him for up to a mile. Oh, wow. November 18th, 1966, two firemen, Paul Yoder and Benjamin Inox, were around the TNT area when they, quote, encountered a giant bird with big red eyes. It was definitely a bird, they stated flatly, but it was huge. We'd never seen anything like it, end quote. Always a bird. Huge bird. Mm -hmm. Evening, November 20th, 1966. Five teenagers were driving along Campbell's Creek when their headlights bounced off of a bird-like creature standing beside a rock quarry. It was a man-sized and scurried into the woods. Brenda Jones complains that, quote, nobody believed us because we're teenagers, but it was really scary, end quote. Is this always along, like, Route 62 or whatever you said? It's all along that TNT area. Interesting. It's a very large area, so he's got a lot of area to work with. Yeah, because you did describe how it was, like, this previous, like, bird sanctuary, wildlife sanctuary, acres, yeah. and it was all torn up for this uh, power plant. Mm-hmm. And now this is his, like, hunting ground or whatever. Yep, his base of operation. His base of operation, yeah, because... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next day, November 21st, 1966. Richard West, who lived in Charleston, made a phone call to the police and reported that, quote, a huge being with red eyes and wide, leathery wings were perched on his neighbor's roof. When the authorities arrived, the creature had simply stood, flapped its massive wings, and rose into the night sky, end quote. Oh. Leathery now. Leathery, yeah. Leathery wings, scaly body. Yeah. Blech. November 24th, 1966. There was a report by four people, two adults and two children, who were driving past the TNT area when they saw a giant flying creature with red eyes. Always the exact same thing, too. Same thing, every time. Same thing. Yep. November 25th, 1966. Mary publishes her article saying, quote, Point Pleasant. 
the Mason Monster made its daylight debut on Friday morning, adding Tom Urie, 25, Clarksburg, to the list of endorsees. I never saw anything like it. I was so frightened I just couldn't go to work today. This thing had a wingspan every bit of 10 feet. It could be a bird, but I surely never saw one like it, the former Point Pleasant resident commented. Yuri sighted the creature at 7.15 a.m. Friday while driving towards Clarksburg on Route 62, end quote. So I wonder why all of a sudden, is it just like so comfortable now? It might be, it's yeah. Like, it's like building energy and gaining confidence in the area. And it's like, oh yeah, well, are you used to like 9 p.m.? At least it's after dark. How about fucking sunrise? Let's do it. Yeah, right? Like, and it's like you thought you were safe in the daylight. Not anymore. Everyone feels safe in the daylight. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about how like you can be home alone. And it'll be like noon and you hear a weird sound in your house and you're like, oh, like obviously that's like pipes or my freezer. Like house settling something. And you're like, I'm fine. Like I don't have to check on that. But if it was not noon, it was like 12 at night and you're home alone and you heard that same sound, you Mm -hmm. would be like, um. You'd pause and you'd be like, something in my house? Like that was really creepy Mm because you do always feel safer in the day. And then you're like that stupid idiot in horror movies where you go and check it out. I should go check it out. I'll be right back, which is like the huge faux pas. You never say I'll be right back. No. Because you won't be back. Randy Meeks, everyone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Tom was north of the TNT area when, quote, he noticed a tall gray man-like figure standing in the field by the road. Suddenly, it spread a pair of wings, Yuri said, and took off straight up like a helicopter. It veered over my convertible and began going in circles three telephone poles high, end quote. It's it's fucking peacocking. It is. It's like fucking showing off. It's playing with its victims. It's like, hi, I'm in heat. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. You're faced. (laughs) Not where I was going to go with this. Well, I'm saying it's getting very brazen. It's showing off, flexing on people. Flexing its muscles. It's going to just keep getting more horrifying. It is. Might as well be. Might as well just show off to everyone in the town. (laughs) You like this? (laughs) Sorry. Your reactions are priceless. You're hilarious. Okay. So, uh... Tom Urie said that he was going about 70 miles, or sorry, 75 miles per hour. So that's about 120 kilometers. And it kept pace with him. Um, and he recalls that, quote, the old familiar symptom, unreasonable terror, took hold of him. I've never had that feeling before. A weird kind of fear, he said. That fear that gripped you and held you. Somehow, the best way to explain it would be to say that the whole thing just wasn't right. I know that may not make sense. But that's the only way I can put it into words, what I felt, end quote. So, yeah, straight up fear and panic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like absolute panic. And that is quoted from the book Mothman by Q.L. Pierce, oh. which is also another good read. I wonder how many Mothman books there are. There's quite a few. There's a lot that I just couldn't get to right. because um, the library system that I was using just didn't have it available. Mm-hmm. But if it did, it would be really cool. Fascinating. But, yeah. Um, November 27th. Two days after that, 1966, Connie Carpenter, believed to have seen Mothman near the deserted Mason County golf course outside of New Haven, West Virginia. Mm, She reported seeing a huge gray creature shaped like a man, but at least seven feet tall and very broad. Her attention, though, was on its large, round, fiercely glowing red eyes that gave a hypnotic effect. Mm -hmm. The wings unfolded from its back, spanning about 10 feet wide, 
and she reported that it slowly rose off the ground straight up like a silent helicopter and it swooped low over her car. She reports that, quote, she had seen its face clearly and that it was monstrous, end quote. Uh, and Connie ended up suffering from conjectivitis, which lasted over two weeks. Oh, oh my. And conjectivitis is inflammation or an infection of the membrane that lines your eyelid and covers the white part of your eyeball. AKA also, pink eye. Pink eye, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a few hours later in the same area, two young girls reported that the creature had appeared, surprising them and then chased them. Ew! Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don't same fucking scare kids, Mothman. You're out here flexing on grown adults. Don't Fine, s- whatever, but not kids. Scare the children of Point Pleasant? Yeah. Um, and then also, Faye Dwight Laporte claims to have been out driving with her brother and had been parked when he said, quote, don't look, but there's something beside the car, end quote. Of co- I'm looking. Uh, immediately. Don't look. And you're like, I'm staring now. Everyone looks. That's why you, you don't start with don't look. You start with like, hey, like, I'm about to tell you that there's something on your left side and you should not look at it. It's like, like, don't look. And then people are immediately like, oh my God, what? What though? Immediately turn around because then you're terrified about what's behind you. You have to look. You have to know. You started abruptly. Now I'm reacting abruptly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And uh, Faye claims that if she had rolled down her window, she could have touched it and goes on to say that it jumped on the hood of the car and just squatted there. She recounts that it had the biggest red eyes and it ran towards the side of the road before jumping and opening, quote, the biggest, prettiest set of bird wings and just went off into the night, end quote. Wow, the biggest, prettiest set of bird wings. Yep, the only time someone said that it looked pretty. Well, also, it seems like every time it's, like, doing that, opening its wings to fly away, it's facing them. Mm-hmm. But this one was, like, just creepily, like, squatting and then running. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have had maybe a different perspective. And now it's so brazen. It's like the daytime. Yeah, and people are starting to kind of recognize it and start to look for more details than just the basic six foot seven, ten foot wingspan. And if the, I think the big problem is that those eyes are so, so hypnotic. It's hard to look away. So everyone is just drawn right into them and like not taking in all of the other details because they're just stuck. Yeah, they're like lured into these big hypnotic eyes. So if yeah. something's... If you don't have that distraction, then you can easily be like, well, let me just kind of analyze what else, what else is going on here. Yeah, let me take a look at what else is there. Yeah. Um, an elderly businessman claims to have found Mothman standing on his front lawn when he went to investigate the reason for his dog barking. He found a six foot to seven foot tall gray apparition with flaming eyes. He was so shocked that he stood transfixed, and when the creature flew off, he stumbled back into his house. His wife thought he was having a heart attack because he was so pale and shaken. Wow. Yeah. Scared him so bad. Um, Again with the dog. Yep. The dog, uh, you know, they, they can sense it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, they know. you can't hide much from a dog. Nope. January 11th, 1967. At 5 p.m., Mrs. Mabel McDaniel was walking near Tony's, a drive-in restaurant, when she saw something soaring down 62. 62? Route 62 again, yeah. She goes on to say, quote, I thought I could see two legs, like men's legs, hanging down from it. It circled low over Tony's and then flew off, end quote. The fact that it has, like, man legs is so upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. It's got arms and legs. <laughs> Ugh. 
And in March of 1967, so two months after that, wow, yeah, Mabel had a run-in with the men in black, and her husband was frightened by them on December 23rd, 1967. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Yep, this is when they kind of start coming around and checking things out and uh, interviewing the witnesses. Or interrogating the Interrogating, witnesses. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, f- I feel like I knew something. Like, I vaguely remember hearing about, like, men in black coming to the area, but... It wasn't I, really touched on too much. No, not that, like, in my memory. And then, like, the fact that, like, there was straight up people writing about, like, UFOs and shit. Like, no, definitely did not hear about that. And John but, believes these to be all connected. Well, it's hard not to. The it's hard not right to. there. Yeah. He investigated it himself. I mean, at the end of the day... It's unidentified flying object. Like, mm-hmm. what? Exactly what it is. It's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, skepticisms and theories. I love theories. Mm-hmm. What do you think it really is? Oh, okay. Well, I find it so fascinating that everyone is like, it's like a bird. Like it's a bird. But then some people are like, oh, it's kind of scaly. Some people said it had leathery wings. And so I think of like a pterodactyl or something <laughs> because it's like the leathery scaliness. Yeah. But then the fact that people are saying like, oh, there was like men in black. So Creeping it's like- around. Well, is it something way more supernatural than a bird? Mm-hmm. It must be. It must be. Especially with like the, essentially like the aura it's giving off. Like if people look into its eyes and they're like, it's hypnotic. Like I, I mm-hmm. that woman dropped her baby because of how like mesmerizing it was. Yeah. And how terrified she was. So I don't know. I mean, I, I also think about the fact that in... I mean, I'm not like a religious or Christian person, but in the Bible, when they would talk about angels, angels are actually very, very scary. They're terrible To look at. Mm-hmm. They are, they're not like these cute little cherubs that we would now think of if we think of an angel. Mm-hmm. So, And the lore around Mothman being like, it's, he's, he, they, whatever is potentially warning people of something bad happening so is it some sort of angel mm-hmm. that is trying to tell people that they need to be aware and how in like biblical terms angels are horrifying and yeah. mothman doesn't really sound like something incredibly pleasant it, it no it wouldn't <clears throat> be it would be absolutely terrifying to come across something like this just creeping out of the dark without notice yeah so so i mean i'm i really don't know it's obviously something very supernatural though yeah um, it's it's pretty unexplainable, like what it truly is. It's hard to kind of, yeah, give it an actual like name or an identity or a label. That's why it's just Mothman because it's it's like all encompassing of what people see: man legs, moth like head and eyes mm-hmm. with wings. Yeah. Well, on November twenty second, nineteen sixty six. Uh, the Beckley Herald Dispatch newspaper attempted to rename Mothman as the Mason Bird Monster, <laughs> named after the Mason County in which all the reported sightings happened. It's just, it's not as catchy. It's not as catchy. No, it's not. Mason it's, Bird Monster. Yeah. Who who came up Mothman. with that? Mothman. Mothman, yeah. Come on. Comes quick and is terrifying and intriguing at the same time. Exactly. 
Um, so the Herald interviewed Dr. Robert L. Smith, a West Virginia University professor of wildlife biology. Um, in an article published on December 1st, 1966, who claimed that, quote, from all the descriptions I have read about this thing, it perfectly matches a sandhill crane, said the professor. I definitely believe that this is what these people are seeing, end quote. Yeah, a fucking crane that's seven feet tall. No, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's to be noted that an average wingspan of a sandhill crane is about 6.5 feet in length. And they stand about three to four feet tall. It's, you would just know also. Yeah. And they don't have man legs. No. Uh, they do happen to have like a red <clears throat> patch around their eyes and on the, like the top of their head, but nothing like the two glowing, piercing, hypnotic red eyes. I was, was going to say, it's maybe for those daytime accounts, it's like, oh, like had red eyes. But like for nine o'clock at night in November when it's pitch black and people are seeing glowing, hypnotic eyes, it's not a fucking sand grain no it's not like that's just it doesn't it just doesn't work the poorest excuse for what it could possibly be yeah um brenda knight a sister-in-law of one of the witnesses from november 15th either the scarberries or the mallets i couldn't figure out which mm. um said quote we all thought it was a mutant sandhill crane because of the toxins in the swamp end quote well yeah because you would be like trying to reach for like okay well what could it be i mean we and that's the other thing I was going to say. Like, everyone knows what a sand crane looks like. Yeah. So they're like, okay, is it a mutant one, though? Because this one's, on, this one's on steroids. Yeah. This one's and, bulking. And especially if they're going moth-like and it's, like, big and bulky. It's got big, giant wings. Like, a, a crane is too thin for that. I was going to say There's that, no too. Way. Yeah. Maybe a mutant moth. A mutant moth that's, like, straight up yoking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, though it is noted that, uh, many of the people who claim to have an interaction or to have seen Mothman completely disagree and say that the creature looked nothing like any type of crane they've seen. Right. And, uh, John Keel, uh, John Keel even carried a picture of a sandhill crane and not one of the witnesses agreed or recognized that this is what they saw. Yeah, exactly. Completely disproved it. Oh, um, you saw a crane with red patches on its eyes. You'd also just feel disrespected because you're like, I'm not a fucking idiot. I know yeah. what a crane, sand crane looks like, and that's not what I fucking saw. Yeah, and now you're just calling me a basic liar yeah. at this point. Like, it's an easy explanation. Shut up. You didn't see it. Yeah, you have no idea what I saw. Or what you experienced with the fear either. Oh, yeah. That, mm -hmm. that, like, that dude who's like, it's like something I've never experienced before, like, just... You don't forget that. No, you, you don't. don't forget the feeling and you don't forget um, w the moment that you're in and what you're seeing. Exactly. You 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 could be like traumatized by how like uh, the panic and the fear that you, you would have from an experience that's just completely unfounded and unexplainable, which is like the most frustrating part of like people who are like, I just want answers. I have no idea. Yeah. And if you're seeing it as a group of people, too, that's... you're going to tell the whole group that they're all liars. I don't mm -hmm. think so. Mm -hmm. um some even believe that it might have been an owl as their eyes reflect red light and called eye shine no no there's no seven foot owl that i know of no um and uh, even speculations of it being a lost weather balloon or an elaborate hoax they always, always the weather that. balloon always that's their go-to have you seen a photo of a weather balloon yeah like it, there's no way it just no no like it's, it's uh, the immediately most ridiculous no. excuse I've ever heard. 
Always a weather balloon. It is the 60s, though. It was always the fucking weather balloon. Yeah, around that time, for sure. Especially with, like, Area 51 and everything else. Area 51. Oh, there's something unexplained. Oh, you silly little people. You just saw a weather balloon. Yeah? Yeah. That was, like, intimidating me with glowing red eyes and literally took off like a silent helicopter? No. Left scratches on the top of my car? I don't think so. Followed me for a mile, kept up at 120 kilometers. <laughs> yeah. Or 60 kilom- miles, whatever it, the miles. conversion was. No, not no. a weather balloon. Those no. things are slow as shit, and they also barely move. Exactly. <clears throat> so, we're kind of going to get into Silver Bridge now. Okay. So the Silver Bridge was constructed in 1928 and was considered an engineering marvel. Ooh la la. Um, It became the main source of travel between West Virginia to Ohio, but the increase in heavy traffic of the 60s and people crossing it for daily shopping, uh, working, and socializing, it just couldn't bear the weight. Mm. Um, So December 13th, 1967, two truck drivers claimed to have seen Mothman perch atop the suspension bridge, and they watched it until he flew away. Oh. December 15th, 1967. On the evening of December 15th, exactly 13 months after the first reported sighting of Mothman, the Silver Bridge collapsed. Mm. At 5.04 p.m., the bridge was bouncing under the pressure of heavy, backed-up evening traffic along Route 7, and then the route, uh, or sorry, and then the 700-foot suspension bridge twisted and split. The electric cables snapped and sparked, and 50 cars and trucks fall into the Ohio River, tons of steel and concrete smashing into the water. 64 people were plunged into the water, and 46 of those people died and many were injured. Um, It was reported that a failed eye bar suspension joint uh, was welded um, and caused the tragedy that happened. It snapped and broke under the weight. Oh, my God. One little slip up in the bridge. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be fixed. It had. Um, it just couldn't deal with all the new traffic and the heavy backup and the huge population size that was growing there. I don't know if this was in your research or if it was just in the movie, mm-hmm. but I think that just when you're going into West Virginia from Ohio, there's like one traffic light or something, yeah. and it... Just was not synced well and didn't, it, it wasn't, this area was not built for the level of people that were coming through. The infrastructure just could not handle it. So even like the traffic lights, having people backed up always on the bridge and stuff. Yeah, I, I did read that in uh, John Keel's uh, book. Um, and yeah, there was a one light that was right mm-hmm. at the bridge there and it was just off sync all the time. And so people were known to just kind of go through it because they waited so long on that bridge. Yeah. And then, yeah, it couldn't bear the weight. Um, this also resulted in the National Bridge Inspection Standards in 1968. Oh, wow. So something good did come from it and it ensures that, uh, all bridges made in the U.S. have a standard that they must be set at, so... I mean, yeah, it shouldn't take like 46 lives or whatever you said, Mm -hmm. 46 Mm -hmm. lives, but it is always a silver lining of like, okay, yeah, well, at least something came of it. So some theorized that Mothman was the cause of the collapse as there were sightings of it on the bridge the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, Others say he was there as a forewarning to the town of the impending tragedy. And uh, we're going to kind of talk about uh, the men in black sightings a little bit. All right. Thank you. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I got this. Like the, 
the moss the moss man's in the area sure okay sorry men in black and ufos what mm-hmm. it usually follows one another right i'm very very intrigued and excited about this part so let's do it okay so according to a woman who lived right by the bridge she claims that two days before she saw some strange men climbing around the sides of the bridge Oh. Um, so that would be December 13th, the same day that the truck driver saw Mothman on the bridge. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Oh, I wonder who, who was there first. Was Mothman there first or were the men there first? I don't know. I wonder. They're both sneaky, so. Probably the men. I no, w- probably, Mothman. probably Mothman. And then they were like, oh, let's investigate this. Let's see if he left any like markings or whatever behind. That Ooh. or they um, tampered with the bridge. That too. Because to be like, well, don't be so intrigued with Mothman because he's bad. Well, actually, John talks about um, a lot of the witnesses being on that bridge when it collapsed. Really? Yes. <gasps> there was a few. The witnesses to Mothman. Yeah. Oh. And UFO sightings and whatever else they've seen. There was a lot of witnesses on that bridge when it went down. And they would have been in the area for a while interviewing people, getting intel, seeing what their movements are, what their schedules are, their habits are. So to imagine they could have lined all these people up on a bridge and tampered with it. Oh, yeah. my God, conspiracy. Yeah, right. It goes real deep. Oh! Um. So we're going to kind of talk about Mary Heyer again. Okay, Uh, Mary. Yeah, so she was near the bridge on the day of the tragedy. Her office was located only yards from where the bridge previously resided, and it became a hotspot for uh, relatives of missing people, wayward rescue workers, and nosy strangers and reporters to kind of come and learn about what happened with the Silver Bridge. Mm -hmm. People looking for missing family members and and all that. Yeah. She was right in the thick of it um, to begin with, and she uh, did, uh, I believe write one of the first newspaper reports about the bridge collapse as soon as it did so for sure um so seven days after the collapse two short men in black overcoats with dark complexions started inquiring to mary about activity in the area but not about the bridge collapse about flying saucers wow um Taken aback by the question, Mary had answered that there was quite a few sightings and showed the men a huge folder filled with uh, clippings of the sightings. Um, And one of the men asked her, quote, has anyone told you not to publish these reports? End quote. To which she answered, no. Then he asked, quote, what would you do if someone ordered you to stop writing about flying saucers? End quote. Her answer, quote, I'd tell them to go to hell. But when she went back to her work, she looked up and they were gone. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Honestly, the description you gave of them is already, like, kind of suspect. Yeah. Like, little, when these weird overcoats, mm-hmm. this, like, little mystery men kind of wandering around. You're like, hmm, are you an alien maybe, sirs? <laughs> yeah. And when she showed him the, the folder with the clippings, they didn't even really look at it kind of oh because she she gave out the folder and they just kind of glanced at it and then asked her yeah because they already went there sort of with an agenda of like mm-hmm, of telling you her. don't have to show us this folder we're already completely aware yeah we know and exactly. we are passive aggressive which is infuriating on its own mm-hmm. <laughs> telling you in a way of don't do this don't and she's like no go she, to hell yeah go to hell yeah. looks down looks up and they're gone creepy very creepy creepy 
So Mary reported that she had been visited by MIB again a month later in January of 1967. Mm-hmm. She claims that she had been working late at her office when a peculiar short man with black hair cut squarely and had an odd thick lens glasses that magnified his strange eyes. She claims that, quote, in an accent that she did not recognize, the man asked for directions. He stood so close that he made her feel uncomfortable. For most of the time, he kept his right hand in his pocket, but his uh, left hand, he used it to pick up a pen from her desk. He looked at the pen with curiosity, as if he had never seen such an object before, and took it with him when he left. Weeks later, Heyer saw the man on the street once more. When he saw that she was looking at him, he hurried to get into a black car that had pulled up nearby, end quote. Okay, so thank you very much for reinforcing why I feel like these men are suspicious and weird in themselves. Yep, he's got the creepy eyes too. The creepy eyes? Looking at a pen, like, bro. Uncomfortable you're feeling. Hard, you're hard-pressed to not find a pen in any location you go into. Yeah. So to be like, what is this strange thing? And to steal it also, like, oh my god, pen thief. Yeah. On level with someone who takes your lighter. <laughs> yeah, why, like, why take the pen? Like, god damn it, it's mine. I was then- using it. And then get into a, like, a nondescript black, black car. car. Like, okay, guy. just pulled up. Like, already had a driver in it. You're like... Mm. You're like, it's the 60s. There wasn't Uber yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so many witnesses described this man as dark-skinned with high cheekbones, long fingers, and an odd accent. That's weird, too. The odd accent. like And the long fingers. Why is that such a noticeable feature? His fingers were so long. He was like E.T. out here. Long enough that everyone noticed. Yeah, like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Salad fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about a man named Jack Brown. Okay, Jack. So he knocked on Connie Carpenter's home and claimed to be a friend of Mary Heyer, who was actually Connie's aunt. And Connie before had the run-in um on it was november 27th okay she had her run-in with mothman near the mason county golf course all right yeah um oh yeah okay yes so um so she's the like niece yes this is the niece of mary Heyer. um so he was uninterested in her sighting of mothman but proceeded to ask questions about mary oh no he asked her what do you think mary hire would do if someone told her to stop writing about ufos connie's answer quote she'd probably tell him to drop dead and oh my god go to hell drop dead whatever yeah yeah Yeah. she's like don't fucking tell me what my agenda is yep um connie noted that he was very odd and wouldn't speak unless you were looking directly into his dark hypnotic eyes (gasps) oh no hypnotic oh no Mm -hmm. it's always with the eyes yeah no on December 23rd, 1967, um, he would visit Linda and Roger Scarberry, who lived with Linda's parents in their basement and had just arrived home from the hospital with their newborn daughter. A little baby girl. So these are the OG yeah. sightings of uh, Mothman. I don't like that they're like, okay. And they're already like vulnerable. You're like, have a new baby. You're like in this instinctual mode of like, gotta protect my baby. And then these weirdo strangers show up. Yeah. And for the last year, they had a steady stream of reporters, monster hunters, and UFO researchers coming to them. (sighs) The last thing you need. Yeah. A lot of stress put onto them at this moment. Mm -hmm. So um, 
Jack Brown, he claimed to be a friend of Mary Heyer and John Keel and brought in a tape recorder but seemed to have no knowledge of how to use it. I hate that. Right? Like, that's sus. That's super sus. He's also, like, trying to write with this pen he stole from Mary. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to use this pen. I don't know how to use this weird little tape recorder box. Or, like, the messenger. Why does she, where does he have an Ohio newspaper's pen? Oh, for real. Collecting artifacts as he's coming along. Fucking klepto. That's what he is. He's just a klepto who doesn't even know how to use the artifacts he's stolen. Right. Um, and he was, again, totally uninterested in Mothman and proceeded to ask about their relationship with Mary. I hate that. And he asked what they thought Mary's reaction would be if someone ordered her to stop reporting flying saucer sightings. And? Once again, mind the damn business. <laughs> Not what they said. But uh, um, they they did say that. She would not be happy about it. Of course not. No. Because even which woman would? They went in there and were like, what if we said you shouldn't publish these anymore? Oh, I'd tell them to go to hell. Yep. It's like, mm hmm. Yep, exactly. Don't exactly tell what her I would tell someone. What her business is. Nope. And uh, through all evening, they would have friends and neighbors drop by to see the new baby, and the man completely ignored the child. Ew. And when a next-door neighbor introduced himself to Brown, he extended his thumb and two forefingers for a handshake. Oh, like his fucking finger gun in it? Yeah. And wow. And for a handshake, he didn't know how to do a handshake. So this is the either the most awkward human being in the world or yes. straight up not a human being. And yes, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> straight up the most awkward non-human being. Yes. <laughs> Um, he had also said that he was from Cambridge, Ohio, but uh, when a reporter from Columbus, Ohio, a town just next to Cambridge, had arrived and asked basic questions, he had no knowledge of the area. Okay, dude, you have to, that's like 101. Caught in the lies. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, like, I hail from this region. Do your research. At least be able to fucking name a street, a street, a the diner. area you grew up in, something. anything. Yeah, something. <sighs> And he made everyone feel uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> couldn't converse intelligently. And his hypnotic eyes bothered everyone. Okay, so, like, why wasn't someone like, bro, you should leave? He stayed five hours. That's until 11 that is p.m. four hours and 59 minutes <laughs> too long. It's just five hours too long. <laughs> just plainly. I can't. Five? Five like, hours. What, what? Ew, he's like a little weird energy vampire in the room just, like, gathering up everything from everyone just stalking behind everyone Mother like staring what everyone's like dude creeping around hallway doors and <laughs> i'm sorry i'm imagining that like he doesn't know how to use anything so they're like why don't you just have a seat and he's like doesn't know how to use a chair so he's just like <laughs> awkwardly trying to figure out how to get into this chair or um don't you need to go to the bathroom right like uh, i have a washroom do you want some water do you need something to drink and he's just looking like, at some food being like, I don't know what this is smashing it into his face hole <laughs> just on his face anywhere <laughs> um okay and then another time a man and a woman carrying a camera visited steve and mary mallet and asked to take their picture so is this the other og the other og, OG couple the other og couple yeah yeah Mary made a note of their license plate and had it run through the police system, but found nothing, and it did not exist in their database. Okay, first of all, creepy. Second of all, fucking love that. Third of all, creepy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's not forget that's creepy. You try to use the government system and you can't even find any information on I it. I love that she was like, had the wherewithal though to be yeah. like, mm. Yeah, well, this continued with other witnesses of Mothman, and they would note the plate numbers on the mysterious uh, panel trucks and black Cadillacs that followed them around town, taking pictures with unusually bright flashes, but every time, nothing could be found. Very, very weird. Mm -hmm, Very mysterious. Um, A woman in her 30s with a southern accent would visit people interviewed by John Keel and introduce herself as John Keel's secretary. She carried a clipboard and would ask personal questions about income, their health, the cars they owned, general family background, and inquire about the number of children living with them and detailed questions about the UFO sightings. Oh. Ew. Yeah. A lot of unnerving questions. Yeah. To be like, uh, you said health. Inquire about yep. their health. Their health, the cars they owned, the air, their income. It's like the, it's like the world's worst census. Yeah, and, you know, they answered those questions because they had already been interviewed by John, so... Yeah, that at this point, he would have kind of been, like, a staple in the area. Yeah, and... But uh, then you'd be like, well, why weren't you with him, though? Like, you're... You would If you're the secretary, wouldn't you have been here with him? I could see her giving an excuse of being like, oh, we just need a little bit more information. He's putting everything together, and he realized, yeah. like, there's the stuff missing. But, yeah. like, why would he even need to know all that information he doesn't some of that it's like okay maybe just for like contextual reasons but other than that it's like i don't what i'm you're not my family physician I'm not telling you about my health get the fuck out of here it's not your i witness this stuff it's not anything to do with my children get away from me yeah and why do you want to know the number of children exactly. that are living here that's creepy are you fertile or not oh god <laughs> Uh, so obviously John has no secretary. I was just gonna say. <laughs> and didn't learn about this woman until months later. I... Oh, ew. One of his friends mentioned talking to his secretary, and he found out that she had visited many people, even those he never mentioned in his writing. All people he had interviewed before. Mm-mm. So, John Keel's theory is that The men in black are residents of the planet associated with the UFO sightings in the Mothman. Mm -hmm. And it has been noted that most of these people would always have some small error that would often stand out or a weirdness that the residents just couldn't place. Absolutely. So either like wearing clothes out of fashion, either not with the current fashion or fashion choices that wouldn't be popular until years later. Or ill-fitting. Yep, exactly. Um, or clothes that are brand new, like unworn shoes. Oh my God. Yeah. Unworn shoes, brand new suit, but awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not fitting well. Um, and they would also arrive in old model cars that were well kept as brand new vehicles. Interesting. And claiming to be military officers, but having no knowledge of basic military jargon or procedures. Or not even having the proper military haircut. Oh, of course. You have to have that very... Mm -hmm close cropped crew cut yeah i believe um one of these men visited a woman in i think it was tony's restaurant Mm. and he had long hair but said that he was from the military yeah you'd be like absolutely not not in the 60s no way no no no. um they would have brand new wallets or notebooks and would take a souvenir from the witnesses um like a pen like a pen (laughs) exactly and their weird, creepy eyes and glasses and stuff that made people uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, or they would also claim to no residents of the area, but when others asked, none of them knew the creepy men and women that they claimed. And that also 
goes hand in hand with being like, I'm from Cambridge. Yep. Okay, tell me about Cambridge. Oh, I can't actually. I don't know anything about Cambridge. Sorry, yes. Not familiar. (laughs) And uh, many of these mysterious travelers would have similar descriptions as one given by UFO witnesses who conversed or saw the pilots. Oh my God. Of UFOs that they've seen land or things that have come down from the sky. Ugh. Oh, wow. Yeah, you'd be like, hmm, explain that. Yeah, you can. Why do they look similar? Why do they look similar? Why do they not even know how to use a pen or a tape recorder? Yeah, Hmm? exactly. Also, it's the 60s. Why are they wearing clothes that are ill-fitting like it's 2001? And why can't you (laughs) count time? You stayed five friggin' hours. Right. My God. Go away. Five hours. Five hours. Everyone's like, dude, this guy. This guy. Yeah. Um, So later in the book, John Keel goes on to say that Roger and Linda Scarberry would divorce. And many of the witnesses or contactees of Mothman would suffer nervous breakdowns or mm. undergo a lengthy hospitalization. Oh. A few had even committed suicide. Oh, that's devastating. Mm-hmm. That's devastating. Yeah, and many of the people in witness of the bridge collapse and Mothman encounters would be gone before the 10th anniversary of the winged creature being sighted. Oh. And many others within six months of the bridge collapse. That's it's a hard thing to take. It's a hard thing to take. You you have to wonder if these people like were plagued with survivor's guilt, with it just absolute devastation of like not understanding the circumstances with it. Heartbreak. This heartbreak, this area already being hit with these on like this phenomena. Mm-hmm. Whole families wiped out if they were traveling together. Uh, yeah. And um at least in the movie, um, Mothman prophecies. Um, it was like it's around Christmas time, right? So people are like shopping for Christmas presents yeah. and making an a, an occasion out of it, a day out of it. Let's go mm-hmm. shopping as a family, like you said. And Christmas time obviously is like family oriented. Yeah, and it hap- this devastation happens like right before then. Yeah, John talks about seeing um, presents floating. floating in in the river. That's that they do that well in the movie. The presence just floating in the Ohio River. It's just, a very strong symbol. And the and the cars sinking into the river with like the headlights still still ominously on, on and stuff. And oh, that scene in the windows, movie trying to get out and yep. And then in the days later, they're pulling up bodies. Like yes, mm-hmm. so so Mary Hire. Passed away on February 15th, 1970. Oh, not She that. was 55. Oh, that's young. And it was exactly 26 months after the fall of Silver Bridge. Oh. And exactly 39 months after the first major sighting of Mothman in Point Pleasant. So it was on the 15th. Everything happened on the 15th. Oh, on the 15th, yeah. Yeah. And 55. That's and young. 55. That's yeah. really young. It's very young. Think, Do you know how she died? Sorry. Um, I don't know exactly how, but I know that she was ill for four weeks. Oh. So. Four weeks, a month. So probably on starting on the 15th of the month before. Maybe, yeah. Maybe oh, she my God. Sick. So we're going to go and look at worldwide sightings. Okay. Getting into that. According to Mothman, written by Q.L. Pierce, in 1952, Camp Okubo Koyoto, Japan... Quote, a young soldier was on guard at a military base. Late at night, he heard a flapping sound and looked up to see a bird-like creature in the moonlight. The being flew close to the ground and settled not far from the soldier, who became frightened. The young man described the creature as having the body of a man with wings at least seven feet across 
As it approached him, he started to fire his weapon at it, but when he checked the ground after firing, he did not find a body. The sound of firing brought another soldier who reported that a similar sighting had been made a year earlier, end quote. Always with the multiple witnesses. Mm-hmm. In, the, in whatever areas he's in, he's yeah. got multiple people that have seen him. He's wow. not shy. That's wow. for sure. Wow, no. In uh, Kent, England, 1963, four people saw a, quote, glowing object streak across the night sky and land in a forested area. At first, they thought it might have been a small meteoroid, but they claimed that within moments, a dark man-like figure left the trees and moved towards them. It was headless and had wings like a bat, end quote. Good description. Same, similar. Same one. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And then in South Vietnam, August 1969. Oh my God, it makes its way around. Yep. Three American soldiers were sitting outside atop a bunker when something came diving at them. They all agreed that it was, quote, a female creature with bat-like wings and black glowing skin with a greenish tint, end quote. And the only sound she made was the flapping of her large wings. Wow. This is female this time. I was interested in that part. Like, did she have prominent breasts or something? Um, there wasn't uh, really any information about that, just that she was a female creature. So maybe she was a little bit shorter. She shorter been a or bit more slender. graceful, maybe, yeah. or like curvy or something. But mm-hmm. just interesting to, this is the first time we're hearing like, obviously a female creature. Or maybe they even got a feeling that it was a female creature, whereas everyone else has seen male. Very true. Plus, in the majority of these encounters, people are having a visceral reaction of some kind, like very uh, personal. Uh, there's obviously an emotion in, the, in most of these people's reactions. So maybe it was in that emotion, emotional reaction of like, okay, that was obviously more of a female presence. Or feminine energy, at least. Feminine energy, yeah. yes. So we're also going to look at um, catastrophes that have happened. Okay. So, um, there's one called Mandragon. 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 And it is in Xiontun Dam, China. And in 1926, sightings that they claim to be a story of a Mandragon was spotted near uh, the dam in the southern eastern foothills of China. And the villagers report to have seen a large black-winged man creature with many claiming that it had been circling over the dam. Oh. And on January 19th, 1926, the dam burst, spilling 40 billion gallons of water into the valley below, which resulted in the drowning of 15,000 people. I was so... I I didn't want to hear that, but I was so prepared Yeah, that right. it was going to be a dam rupture. Yep, something bad was happening. 15,000? 15, 15,000 people. Oh my god, 15,000 people lost their lives. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, in the late winter of 1947, in Texas City, Texas, there were reports of dark figures with giant red owl eyes. Um, and one month later, a cargo ship by the name of Grand Champ carrying explosives caught fire sitting in the harbor. Um, they were not able to extinguish the flames fast enough, and it resulted in the flames spreading to other ships, which caused an explosion that destroyed much of the town, killing all 28 firefighters. I'm just like having like flashbacks because the one, the dam rupture is like making me think of our episode on the Johnstown flood. And then... Mm-hmm. The explosives exploding in the harbor is making me think of the Halifax explosion. 
Well, I wonder <laughs> if we went back and looked if there would be any connection to any type of dark, would... black, large winged features or creatures <sighs> coming in. They'd be like days before. Pennsylvania is not that far away from mm. West Virginia, and, and if I it's mean all over the uh, the world. Then why couldn't it be there? Oh. And then in Freiburg, uh, Germany, there's something known as the Freiburg Shrieker. Okay, that sounds so scary. It sounds like a banshee or something, right? Um, and on September 10th, 1978, coal miners reported that, quote, a giant man-like creature with wide leathery wings blocked the entrance, end quote. No. Um, I hate that. You're already claustrophobic as a mine worker. Yeah. Someone blocking the entrance, but consistent reporting of leathery wings. Yes. And it goes on to say that, quote, several of the workers thought it might have been a mirage or someone in a costume. How would multiple people see the exact same mirage? Right over the whole globe. Ugh, crazy guys. Right? And when they tried to approach, the being opened its mouth wide and let out a painful shriek as loud as a siren. As the men huddled together, uncertain of what to do next, the ground began to shake. Far beneath them, an underground mine shaft exploded and a choking cloud of smoke and flame blasted from the entrance of the mine. When it cleared, the winged feature or the winged uh, creature was gone. I hate that because this is the only time it sounds like this creature caused mm-hmm. the accident. Right whereas, there, right on time. Yeah, whereas every other time you can lean more towards it being Mothman warning mm-hmm. you about something happening. But this one, and how they call it something different, the Shrieker. Um, yeah, the Freiburg Shrieker. And like, ugh, it just seems like this one was more involved. Yeah, and whereas, more vocal. Yeah. Whereas yeah, the other like ones have been more silent. This one might be something totally different. It might be. Ew. Um, but I mean, they have similar descriptions to it. I know. That's they the might thing. just call it something different. And it might be, you know, different subspecies of whatever yep. this thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Blackbird, uh, Chernobyl, Ukraine. <gasps> Oh, in mid-April of 1986, <laughs> Sorry, I got super high you, <laughs> you weren't expecting that one, eh? No, it's taking me on a journey and it I'm is. here for it. Yeah, so in the mid-April of 1986, several workers at the nuclear power plant reported seeing a large winged figure with deep red eyes. Oh my god. And quote, some claimed that they had received scary telephone calls and others were having dreadful nightmares. End quote. Oh, God. And on April 26th, the nuclear power plant explodes and immediately kills 30 people, uh, releasing radioactivity and leading to a ruined environment and the deaths of more people. And to this day is still... Uninhabitable. A wasteland. Yeah. Um, and wow. there are claims by some of the survivors that they saw a huge man-like bird flying in and out of the smoke that came from the reactor. Oh, my. Okay. So this happened in the 80s. Yeah. 1986. And I bet majority of the people that witnessed this are still alive. And I would be so fascinated to, to follow go up. and be like, have you ever heard of this? Do you know Either, anyone that had experiences? Well, it also might be hard, too, because of the radio, radioactivity. Like, they, I mean, they could be dead. Like, there's a yeah. lot of them that are, probably are, and mm-hmm. very few that are alive. But um, 
yeah be very cool to figure it out and to see if anyone actually really had any personal reports of it because wasn't chernobyl like the closest town but the power plant was actually in pripyat or something i'm not a hundred percent i think so yes so dyson's nodding yes (laughs) just be interesting to go over there Mm -hmm. and see Hey, ever heard of like a weird little, actually not little giant creature? Yeah, right. Maybe warning you about a impending disaster the, eh? or causing the disaster. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't, the more you go on and as time is going on, it sounds more and more like it. That's the thing. What is the thing? There's an article saying Chernobyl workers saw Mothman before. Oh my god. You think I'm reporting fake shit over here? No, but it's just so... <laughs> no, I don't think you're reporting fake shit. It's just like... Thank you for confirming it, though. It's, it's, it is a stretch, it's I think, for some just people. like, I think so many people know about the Chernobyl disaster and, mm-hmm. and the power plant at Pripyat and hearing about what happened there and how it's still a lingering problem. Mm-hmm. People have heard about Mothman, mostly in West Virginia, to think that people at Chernobyl saw Mothman is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And to hear that that's actually, like, a thing, like, oh, my God. Yeah, my grandma said, like, she saw them. Or, like, my auntie said that she saw Mothman mm-hmm. before the nuclear disaster. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, and I wouldn't discount any other claims because Hell I wasn't no. there to see it. It's just so cool that, like, this is a real thing and how. And I think I'm just so reactive because i'm like oh, reactive reactive <laughs> well it's it's really interesting to know that it's not just in one location it is I'm like, I all over and there's so many recounts so many different like kind of little variations of what people are describing but ultimately it sounds exactly the same uh, yeah so, exactly how flask can this thing and fly? how did i never know that mothman was potentially cited by people that worked there mm-hmm. fucking so crazy and fascinating it is right okay so we're gonna look at some current sightings of mothman okay yeah um so march 6th 2009. Wow. At uh, La Junta, Mexico, a student returning home from studying noticed something on the road that looked like a person covered up in a blanket. Um, The creature stood up and flared its bat-like wings, and the student tried to run away, but the creature gave chase and kept pace with it in his car for 15 minutes while staring at him through the window. No. uh, That's nightmare fuel. Like, chasing you, staring at you, <sighs> staring you down as you're trying to drive away. Like, that's terrifying. It's, I, I'm picturing it, and I, I fucking hate it. Yeah. I hate that image. And the student describes clearly that it had, quote, bloodshot eyes, fur on its face, and a second smaller pair of wings, end quote. Oh, my God. hmm So, definitely a little bit more moth-like this time. Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, other witnesses confirmed this and said that he was about six feet tall and had the hands of a kangaroo. Oh my god, what a specific reference. Yeah, and as we're kind of going forward, we start to see a little bit more of this, like, hand and claw reference. It's like the small, 
like clawed hands of a kangaroo, just um, more mm-hmm. insect-like, I would think, with talons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, um, according to reports made by Phantoms and Monsters, Fortean Research, Mothman has mostly been dormant until recently in 2017 when he resurfaced, but this time in Chicago, Illinois. Wow. And we had some Pukwudgie stuff in Chicago, Illinois as well. We sure did. I wonder if this follows more of like the paranormal energy or um, like it does with like the Lizzie Borden house with Pukwudgies, like uh-huh. the bad energy. The Yeah. Yeah. Like the land has some sort of like history to it that would lend to that more like neg- negative, really, like mm-hmm. intense. Yeah. Intense sort of like energy. So in July 2020, a man who worked at the O'Hare International Airport for seven years at this point saw a large black shape resting on the ground near a light pole. He said it was about six to seven feet tall and completely black, like a big bat, but with a human appearance. It had black membranous wings and was about 12 feet wide. Oh my God. He is just mutating. Yeah, he's definitely got more bat-like features in this yeah. uh, report. Um, its head was short with a pair of piercing red eyes. Oh, Batman. Sorry. I had to do it. Well, actually, <laughs> the reason why they named it Mothman at the time was because the uh, comic Batman was so popular. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why he got the Mothman name. He's like, we can't do we can't do Batman. I mean, it's just so problematic. We don't need that in our lives. Yeah, honestly, it would be the better Batman, anyways. I'm Mothman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we should have more movies about Mothman. Why don't we? I don't know. The only one I know is with Richard Gere. Maybe we will now that we kind of sparked the fire for some We're putting some it out listeners. there into the ether. Yeah, if anyone has any ideas, let us know. Okay. Um, okay, so he was about uh, 20 feet away from this creature and uh, watched as it, like, forged on the ground. No, I don't like it. Well, no one likes it, but... I don't... I, I will... I just am saying I don't. No. <laughs> Uh, April 21st, 2021. Ooh. Yep, so last year. Legitimately around the corner. Yeah. A shuttle bus driver for O'Hare Airport was working near uh, the new parking lot around 6 p.m. He was taking a smoke break and saw what he believes to look like a large owl flying over the building and disappearing behind the parking garage, flying faster than any bird he has ever seen. Oh, my God. He said it was about 30 to 40 feet off the ground. It made no sound and was a giant black thing with large wings about 15 to 20 feet. Interesting that now it's more black and no sound. Whereas like those early reports, it's more gray, definitely a lighter tone. And if they hear anything, it's a it's not much, but it could be like the flapping of the wings. Yeah. So it's interesting now that it's darker and more silent. But I've also um, heard that uh, the difference between birds and owls, like the way that their wings are designed, birds, you can hear their wings flapping. Mm -hmm. Owls, you can't. They are way more silent in uh, their descent and in their gliding and flapping of their wings. That makes sense because 
owls are like legitimate predators. Yeah, it should have been Owl Man, really. I mean, you have, <laughs> you have like the short, stocky head. You've got the piercing, uh, yeah. reflective red eyes. You've got uh, the big wings, silent wings. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it would make more sense if it was an owl than a moth. But yeah, I mean, that's my opinion. I guess just because it's like, I don't know, Mothman. It's got a ring to it. It does have a. And you were even owl man. you were even saying how it has like these insect like antenna um, and attributes almost. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, April twentieth, twenty twenty two, this year, River Grove, Chicago, Illinois. A man named R.C. and his uh, fiance were driving near St. Joseph Cemetery when he saw a dark colored winged creature flying above the cemetery around 9 a.m. Did you say April 20th? April 20th. These people just had some more powerful brownies than they meant to. <laughs> they they woke, uh, woke up and uh, wakened me. <laughs> They had, uh, they had already enjoyed. Yeah. They were like far into their, the cannabis party. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, he claimed that what he saw was all black and it had no head and wasn't flapping its wings, but was extremely fast. Oh God. I hate that thing. That like same thing that's reported of like how fast it is and how it's keeping pace with your car and mm-hmm. like, and how big it is. And giant. Giant. Ugh. May 13th, 2022. Okay. In uh, Bensonville, Illinois. Um, It was about 7 p.m. and a delivery driver for Amazon had been dropping some packages off at Center Street when he heard a chirping sound followed by clicks. Uh, Ew. Leaving it to be a woodpecker, he dismissed it until he heard it again. Looking up, he saw a tall, thin, winged person looking directly at him. He claims it was about six to seven feet tall and looked like a giant flying insect. It then took straight off into the air and disappeared. Oh my god. It was sitting on the roof of his neighbor's house. I hate that. Ew. Right as right as like night is falling. Yeah. It's always it's, it's always also around. May, so it's still light out. Yeah. But it's dusk and dawn. Mm-hmm. If it's not fucking dark out, it's dusk or dawn. Yeah. I, it's, this like just happened. And I mean, it's 2022 at this point. Everyone has like some sort of home security, some ho- sort of home surveillance, mm-hmm. ring, doorbell. I would, uh, I wish someone had caught that mm-hmm. to be able to be like, hey, I'm just like the Amazon delivery guy, but like I just saw something fucking weird across the street. Can you just like check your surveillance? Yeah, or, um, hey, you might want to bring your dogs and your children in because something is fucked up on your roof. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't Batman. It was something so much worse. So much worse. (laughs) On May 17th, 2022, also in Bensonville, Illinois, um, at 4 p.m., a parent and their daughter were in the backyard prepping for a nice family barbecue mm. when they saw three human-shaped things with wings flying above. Three? Three of them. The first time that you really see more than one in a group. A squad. A squad no. of mothmen. No. And they believed that these three were flying about 60 to 70 feet above them and watched them until they flew out of sight. Ew! And the daughter attempted to take a picture of them, but they came out grainy and unfocused. Of course, because that's the story of the paranormal life. And it was 70 feet high, so. That 
salsa effect. It's hard to take a picture <laughs> like that in for it to come out really clear. And because, like, if someone nowadays is, like, snapping a photo, it's always on their smartphone. And, I mean. And you're zooming in and you're, like, you know, jerking it around. Mm-hmm. Jerking it around. Sometimes you just got to jerk it around, try and get what you want out of it, but, you know, it's usually disappointing. Usually. <laughs> Dyson's face. Oh, man, we lost the audio. <laughs> <laughs> On with the show, anyways. <laughs> On uh, July 2nd, 2002. Oh, sorry. On July 2nd, 2022. 2002? 2002. 2002? Two, two. So many twos. July 2nd, 2022. 2022. Gotcha. Um, in Rosemont, Illinois, a witness has claimed to have experienced many encounters with what people have called Mothman and have experienced abductions since the age of 12. Ew! She recalls being awoken to find herself on an examination table surrounded by a group of taller beings. No. This ha- happened on, obviously, multiple occasions, so she has gotten to the point where she just doesn't resist anymore. Oh, um, And one God. of the beings told her that she has the privilege of seeing something that not many people get to observe. And she is then surrounded by light and was teleported to Burgermeister Park. I'm sorry, but it is, like, the ultimate form of abuse to have done something, have had something done to you so much that you don't resist anymore mm-hmm. and then to have something tell you that it's a privilege yeah they had told oh, her my god not to struggle and she was like at this point that there's been <sighs> so many she's like i know already know the drill i already know oh that to just god. let them do whatever as if it could get any more nightmarish mm-hmm. since 12 that is a fucking nightmare mm-hmm yeah, I can't imagine being awoken on multiple occasions to... And then to happen. wake up in, like, some fucking random-ass park? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, And uh, so she was standing in front of a tall man with red eyes and large black wings. Okay. Sounds familiar. And she could hear a series of clicks as if it was trying to communicate with her. What the Amazon driver heard. Mm-hmm. And she asked if it was the same one seen all over Illinois. And the creature responded, yes. I can talk. Yes, it can communicate. Oh, my God. And she described it as being seven to eight feet tall, thinly built, but her impression was that it was very powerful. Mm-hmm. She said that the wings were smooth and at least 10 to 11 feet wide and that they were silent. Mm-hmm. The head is described as blocky and square with no nose or ears and only intensely large, bright red eyes. Oh. And its arms were the things uh, with hands ending in sharp claws. Yeah, it's like a praying mantis pose almost. Yeah. The way you're describing it. Again, with the kangaroo kind of yeah. claws. Ew. So it has no nose. But it, did you say no nose or mouth? Mm-mm. No, it had no nose or ears. No nose or ears. Cause it, yeah, because it was like communicating. So it has like this weird mouth. Ew. Yeah. Gross. It's a mouth breather. Yeah. And then on August 2nd, 2022, this is getting closer and closer. This month in Bensonville, Illinois, a woman and her boyfriend were walking along the trail at the Redmond Reservoir at about 8.30 p.m. when they saw a large bird landing on the trees on the other side of the bridge. As they continued, they heard a very loud screeching sound and a large bird take off. But this bird had very large wings, arms and legs, and looked more like a person. Mm-hmm. It was about six feet tall and had large bat-like wings and was very fast. Oh, always. Always so fast. Mm-hmm. Always with the also, like, humanoid features. It's got the powerful wings. 
Ew. Oh, they're just like trying to enjoy like a little peaceful walk. Yep. And she estimated that it took about five to seven seconds to cover three to four football fields in distance. That's fast. Very fast. That's so fast. Very powerful. Oh my God. So powerful. It's aerodynamic. So some additional reporting titles uh, from Phantoms and Monsters is uh, there's one called Gliding Wing Humanoid Observed Over Chicago Gold Coast. And that was posted on September 2017 at 9 p.m. Loves Illinois. Um, and uh, there's also another one, seven to eight foot tall, red-eyed winged being encountered by O'Hare Chicago Department of Aviation employee. Oh. Happened on April 15th, 2021. Wow. Red-eyed winged humanoid encountered by several witnesses near Chicago's Shed Aquarium, June 3rd, 2021. I'm just going to quickly jump in here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many listeners from the Chicago area we have, but I would be fascinated and just so interested in hearing what your experiences are. If you know someone who's seen Mothman yes. or had an experience or if what Paige is saying right now like rings a bell, if you remember hearing about this. Or you are one of these people yeah. that have reported this like, to uh, I would love to hear that and then like we can like talk about it on like another episode and be like, yeah, so people like catch up like wrote in and said like i remember this or whatever and like you can reach out really anywhere like we're on twitter we are on instagram yes please we'd love to hear a first uh first-hand account of that uh, would be amazing of an event sorry i had to be like oh my god like because these are so recent what you're talking about yep Yep, so like all recent dark adaptation podcast on instagram dark adapt pod on twitter i want to hear about it let us know Okay, sorry, Paige. Keep That's going. Okay. Um, this this sighting happened about 10 p.m. Okay. Um, another one. Winged being slash large boomerang UFO encountered at O'Hare International Airport, September 24th, 2021. Ugh, about boomerang. 1 a.m. Wow. And then another one. Red-eyed owl-like winged humanoid encountered at O'Hare International Construction Site, March 5th, 2022, 10 p.m. So many O'Hare sightings. Mm-hmm. It must be within that area yeah. and just hanging out in that area. They seem to like, this Mothman encounter seems to like a pick a vicinity. Yeah. If there's something that has, that covers a lot of ground, they're like, okay, this is, this is great base to hang out at. This is the, the home they've kind of wanted to make for themselves yeah. at the moment where they want to. They need the space or something. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's easy to kind of blend in with the airplanes and, uh, yeah. make people just think and be kind of gaslighted by other people that they for didn't sure. see what they saw. Plus so much weird, random shit comes and goes. It's an airport. This constant flow of like all kinds of stuff. It's like kind of easy to blend in. The water's right there too. Ugh, yeah. creepy. Yeah, so just to kind of, you know, wrap it up a little bit uh, from some quotes from John Keel and just diving deeper into the Mothman prophecies. Uh, John talks about these things called window areas or zones of fear, which he believes that uh, the strange and unknown entities can enter our world through states of energy beyond our understanding currently. I love that concept. Right? And he also described them as cosmic pranksters who are here (sighs) to play with us simple-minded and mortal humans. I don't want that to be the case. It would that, be it's really just cool like a cat playing with a mouse or something. And who's to say that it isn't? I know. There's so much we don't know about our universe and other universes. And, and people are fucking dumb. So like, yeah. And they'll they'll trick themselves into believing that they didn't see what they saw just because it, they don't understand it. And you have a better chance at, at have 
sorry, you have a better chance at doubting yourself if there's weird little men in oversized clothing coming and saying, hey, don't talk about this. Yeah. What would you do if someone ordered you to stop talking? I'd I'd tell them to go go to hell. hell. Um, and uh, he, John also believes that it's easy enough for these otherworldly creatures to climb in through the windows, past the curtains that we just can't see, and either create mischief, or stalk us, or drink our blood, or cause havoc. Okay, he needs to chill, because I didn't like the imagery that was just painted in my mind. He was a paranormal investigator, researcher, <laughs> author, he did it all, and he dug deep. Yeah, he did. He did the interviews, he put he his time into it. He did the damn thing. I trust him. He did a damn thing. And uh, he's also quoted saying, quote, This planet is haunted by us. The other occupants just evade boredom by filling our skies and seas with monsters. End quote. Wow. I mean, we do give him plenty of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as Mary Heyer wrote, uh, quote, It's the thing really a crane or other large bird? Is it a creature from outer space? Is it a resurrected pterodactyl listed in geology texts as an extinct flying reptile of the Jurassic period? Whatever it is, the creature has convinced other frightened motorists that it isn't a figment of the imagination, end quote. It isn't. It can't be. Too many people have sightings. Too many sightings. And the fact that it heavily outweighs in, in regard to like sightings, there's so many people who've witnessed Mothman as a group. Mm-hmm. Individual sightings aren't one person. Individual sightings are like f- three, four people. Yeah, and I mean, there are quite a few people that have seen it on their own, and I'm sure there's more people that have seen it that just haven't reported it. Yeah. Because they don't believe that anyone is going to believe them. Mm-hmm. We'll believe you if you tell us. Oh, fuck yeah. We'll 100% believe you. Of course I will. If you're just an Amazon delivery guy... And you're like, hey, like, I was just, like, chilling in Illinois and, like, went to, like, deliver this package of, like, cat litter and saw this weird thing on a roof. Like, I want to hear about it. Yeah, why wouldn't you? And I'm sure that uh, delivery drivers see a whole bunch of shit. Delivery drivers, Uber drivers, cab drivers, mm-hmm. truck drivers. Bus drivers. Bus drivers. It has to be a no, driver. Any type of driver. Baby drivers. <laughs> <laughs> So, so many people or like shit. think about it like it's been a pandemic all people have done have been at home mm-hmm. so people who are like working from home hanging out in their backyard ordering stuff online or like <sighs> so many also mm-hmm. like i'm just so curious as to why the recent sightings have been illinois and specifically chicago and the surrounding area maybe that's just more so like one mothman Mm-hmm. That has kind of made itself a little bit more visible to the residents of Chicago. Yeah. But there's multiple all over the world. It and seems that's why that we're kind of hearing different variations of is it a bird? Is it an owl? Is it a bat? Like, depending on where you're is kind it of gray? going. Is it black? Does it have a set of mini wings? Is it a six foot wingspan? Is it a 12 foot wingspan? Is mm-hmm. it six feet tall? Is it 10 feet tall? Is it a mutated crane? Is it green eggs and no. ham? <laughs> the way that we were going about that. <laughs> yeah, redfish, bluefish. Oh, one fish, two fish. One fish, two fish, redfish, bluefish. What the fuck is yes. it? One, two fish. Oh, wow. One, two fish. One, two fish, one, two fish, one fish three, two four, fish, red, blue. Fish, blue fish. I think that's what it is. It's so long since I've read those books. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. It's fucking insane. 
so many Mothman sightings. Mm -hmm. And I could have gotten more. I had to shorten it because I was like, I can't make this super, (laughs) super long. But if anyone wants to actually read the reports that people have made, um, you can go to uh, Phantom and Monsters and uh, online and he has all of the reports and he even has little blurbs where he talks about interviewing uh the person afterwards and any additional details that they could provide um and uh he is very thorough in his research so and he says i need to ask you about your health i need to ask you how many children answer (laughs) (laughs) only talk to your doctor Talk to your doctor if you've experienced any strange people approaching your home wondering about your health or how many number of children you have. If you have any eye issues, please see the (laughs) physician immediately. Do you have conjunctivitis, a.k.a. pink eye? You might have been a victim of Mothman. Please send your reports into the local news and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We can also be your local news. Send us all of your Mothman sightings at Dark Adaptation Podcast on Instagram and at Dark Adapt Pod on Twitter. (laughs) Nice segue. That was good. (laughs) Upset stomach. (laughs) We don't. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Pepto Bismol. If you are Dyson, I don't know if I would have picked up. Barely handle the episode. (laughs) Is that is that what you have for us? Yeah, that's what I have for you, Paige. You did another amazing job. Oh, thank you. I had the best time of my life. I couldn't not have asked for a better Mothman experience. That was so much amazing information. I, I'm i glad that you learned a lot. I'm glad that it hit all the buttons it needed to hit for you and that I covered as much as I could. And It was amazing. I'm just like, my mind is still like in all these places. Like, okay, so like Mothman was fucking witnessed at Chernobyl. Mothman is like to this, like recently, like what, like three weeks ago at this point. Yeah. Has yeah. been And seen. I'm sure there was another one that was sooner, but I just... You're like, okay, I, I, gotta, couple, I yeah. gotta call it quits at some point. I was like, I gotta grab a handful of these and just throw them on there, but... That was amazing. I'm so happy that you came on and did this. Thank you so much for taking my request for Mothman. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm happy to do it, and I can't wait for the next episode. Where it's Whatever gonna, it will be. Yeah, where it's gonna be a surprise. Surprise episode. Which is actually good. Speaking of surprises, our September schedule will be a surprise. Oh. Um... We have to uh, work some things out, see exactly when episodes will be released. The beginning of September is a long weekend, and Dyson and I are going up to his cottage. Oh, fun. So uh, we likely will not be releasing an episode on that Monday. Take a break. But, I mean, because we release our episodes on Monday, there's been so many months where there's five weeks. Mm-hmm. So people kind of get spoiled anyway. Yeah. So... If you want to see the schedule, which I do always post on Instagram, I suggest following us at Dark Adaptation Podcast on Instagram because I will post the schedule for September. But it has to be hashed out a bit, so, you know. Detailed and finalized. Yeah, we'll see exactly what we're working with. I know for sure that one of the episodes will be about a serial arsonist and murderer so i know one of those giving us a little tease eh but other than that you'll have to go check out the post okay and i mean while you're at it you're like you're looking at our instagram you're looking at our twitter why not uh check out our website and donate a coffee oh you can buy us a coffee you can also buy a patch 
a beautiful, a beautiful patch. Dark Adaptation Podcast patch. Mm-hmm. You're here. You're listening. You like us. Support the show. Yeah. Come out and support. And make sure you listen to True Crime B&B. You heard their promo at the beginning of the episode. They're, they're great. Check it out. Check it out. Give them a listen. Give them a chance. They're great. What, what more do you want? And until next time, we'll catch you on the dark side. According to Mothman, written by Q.L. Pierce, in a camp in 1950... Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs>